Hey everyone, welcome to the final edition of the Going in Circles Big Monday show of 2021. We have a lot to complain about, as usual. Unfortunately, that's just the way things are in horse racing these days. But uh, we do talk about Flightline because, you know, it's like required to talk about them in glowing terms. He is really good. It's just unfortunate that we never get to see him. But, um, you know, that's the way it goes. Anyways, Barry's on his game tonight. I'm a little off. But uh, we talk about a wide range of, of things. Be back here in just a minute. Pleasant Acre Farms is a full-service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida, just outside of Ocala. If you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State, or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. Uh, They have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees, Your mare will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farms stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the freshman stallion of the year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, just made it three for three, winning the $400,000 springboard mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is... Your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at www.pleasantacrestallions.com or on Twitter at P-A-S Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out. Hey guys, I wanted to talk to you quickly about some of the changes coming to the Going in Circles Digest, which is our sort of weekly newsletter that we've put out that covers a a wide variety of topics. Uh, Just lately, we've added some guest columnists. Sid Fernando wrote a great piece for us a couple weeks back, and Julian Brown has really helped us out with some uh, excellent handicapping uh, articles, and we're going to expand on the handicapping especially, uh, you know, with Julian's writing, who who used, Julian used to write for American Turf Monthly. Um, but it's something that uh, we, we think people seem to be interested in. And certainly any timely topic is, is something that's going to be covered. And uh, we're going to do a lot of uh, our weekly previews, especially for the big days and, and the Triple Crown races. Uh, We also want to put it out there that anyone that has something to say, you can be a guest writer. Just contact me. There's a a variety of ways going in circles podcast at gmail.com is probably the easiest. And we'll uh, we'll put you out there. And we're not exactly uh, 
at the distribution point of the New York Times or anything, but we do get a lot of click-ons. And if you have something to say, well, we'll help you say it. All right, guys, if you have any suggestions, anything you want to hear about, anything you want to read about, hit me up, goingincirclespodcast at gmail.com, and uh, check it out, goingincirclesdigest.substack.com. Free subscription. Thanks, guys. The new sniper. (laughs) Yeah. Almost new. New and improved. 2022. The 2022 snipes. Well, this is our uh, our last show of the year. Yeah. Provided there's no emergency shows needed. <laughs> no clown shirts over here, sir. Uh, well, I guess we might as well just get it out of the way first. Get it out of the way. I'm waiting all day for this. The greatest horse ever to live. I'll tell you what, his first three buyers, you can't, you can't really say (laughs) they're wrong. (laughs) Well, he's a nice horse. He's extremely fast, except... Super fast, except he runs. He he runs about as often as years. you get a you know total eclipse of the sun. Three times in two years, but whatever. I mean, listen, talk he, he ran great yesterday. He ran spectacular. He ran basically against the clock. I mean, let's not try to pretend that there was you know good horses in that race. It was not a good race. Doctor Shavel was terrible. Supposedly came out of the race a little sick, but um. And he was basically, um, racing, he was kind of racing against the clock. And he really was. I mean, Baby Yoda finished second. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, A distant second, mind you. Yeah. He's a really good horse. I mean, but people these days over exaggerate everything. And, you know, wow, he's the, we've never seen anything like this. Well, that's kind of true, but it's kind of true because most every other great horse had made more than three starts by this point. Right. <laughs> and, uh, um, but when he's up, I was, I was just a little bit disappointed that, that the, you know, Sadler went immediately into like, Oh, we've got to put him back in the freezer now for a long time. I mean, like, why? Yeah, like how how much easier do you have to win a race? And it's like, John, hello, you're no matter what race you go in, no one's gonna run against you. Okay, no <laughs> one's gonna run against you. At least in this country, in, in a non well, non you know Breeders' Cup type of race, you're gonna wind up in a three horse, four horse field. Yeah, and I don't blame people for not wanting to run against him. I, I'll be honest; it's you know, I'd, I'd run against him because I knew I could probably get an easy second or third place. But I mean, it, it, I think first time going longer may be the time. But I mean, obviously, all indications point to this horse running somewhere over 
a hundred buyer regardless. <laughs> so you figure that and if your horse can't run that fast, even I couldn't see this horse like just unless he just gets hurt or um just throws in a supreme clunker, just like I don't really feel like running or doing anything today. He's probably gonna run another hundred buyer plus. Which is nice, but good horses used to run hundred buyer plus. Exactly. Every, so like, you see you go back and see past performances of horses like uh say ghost zapper <laughs> or you know there's quite a few of them out there like that 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 just went out there and threw out hundreds every time i mean he's a, listen he's a really really good horse he's an exceptionally good horse except people get stupid like stupid 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 like shut up with secretariat you morons yeah, a bit secretariat much. was already retired with 21 lifetime starts by this time of his, his career, okay? He beat Crows. Okay, that's not like it's he beat them like he's supposed to beat them. But let's not make it out like you know, like like this is Dr. Fager. He's got to prove it. He cannot go two turns until he shows he can go two turns. No one well, said he. Yeah, but he's got to face older horses. He, I mean, Every every race he's been in has been restricted, the, correct? The, old, the older horses aren't any good either. I mean, that's that, you know the, the elephant in the room is all the is the, <laughs> the class of older you know three turning four that looked kind of strong coming out of the Breeders' Cup is not looking quite as strong when Hot Rod Charlie kind of inexplicably lost yesterday and um, in a, in a you know pretty slow time. I'm pretty sure that Flightline could get a mile and a sixteenth. Yeah, with ease, faster than one forty-four and four, with me riding him. But um, you know, obviously Medina Spirit's not with us anymore. Uh, Nick's go will soon be gone. We'll have, uh, you know, obviously uh, life is good, but again, you know, he, he's not exactly a, a, a bastion of soundness. You know, he's already had one um, extended absence. So, um, yeah, it's 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 funny how that works. But uh, I mean, I don't. I just I'm trying not to be like this, like pessimistic. But it's like I like watching really good horses run. I just don't like having to wait three and four months to watch them every time. Right. I mean, I I. I think I said this on Twitter to somebody the other day. I was like, well, you look at the head-on replays of any of those three races and you can tell why the horse has problems. But, again, like another four or five months till he runs again? That's absurd. Like, honestly, like Met Mile, that's in May, right? Or June? Yeah, that's in June. I I mean, come on. It's on Belmont. Right. Like, come on, man. Like, that's the goal. I mean, couldn't the horse be sound? Like, say, you know, he has really tender feet, which it sounds like he does. You can't get him ready in two months? He's not the first horse to have tender feet. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, two? You know, at least (laughs) maybe get him, you know, two races in a month. Is that impossible? Probably. But. Still, 
it's like, well, we got to wait another, you know, he's, he's set for two starts next year <laughs> at that pace. Yeah. I, I know it's, uh, it's frustrating. It is frustrating because he's a really good horse. And I, th- I thought coming out of this, they're going to say, well, man, he just buried those horses. Hey, there's got to be a race. There's got to be a race sometime in, you know, late January, early February. That's not the Pegasus. Because I, I, I hey. think it would be stupid to run him in the Pegasus. First starter on two turns against the the two best horses in America. Uh, the ball that all have the same style. That that just makes no, it makes no sense. But, um, yeah, it just was like. Well, you know, wow, that was great. I got, and, and you know, Sadler, you got a lot of pressure on you because you don't run the horse. Right. <laughs> so he has to run excellent every time he shows up because it's like, well, yeah, exactly. You're, you're, <laughs> you're making it out where everything has to go perfect for, you know, six weeks into the race. Well, that's, you know, that that's difficult with horses, but, um, I mean, and it's not like he hasn't done a good job with the horse. Obviously, the horse is always ready to fire, and he has. And you know, maybe we're just being nitpicky, but but it's just uh... no. But we can we can be because you know uh, there really hasn't been you know any any horse like that 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 we've seen. Um, at least they tried to get out there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like even life is good. Life is good was running on kind of a regular schedule and he was fast until he got really hurt um right. you know you got horses like hot rod charlie out there dance all the dances yeah right and then you start to think about hot rod charlie is you know is he tailing off because that was really not a great i mean the horse in the league got a kind of soft fractions right and hot rod charlie did the dirty work but i mean express train is just a horse i mean he just isn't you know yeah, it was a setup kind of race. You know what I mean? Like he was such a beneficiary of what happened. Uh, um, that I, I would doubt. You know, just one of those. But Howard Charlie is a notable hanger. He, he's he's done it a lot. Yeah. So I I don't know if it's him or if it was just the the dynamics of the race or you know, it, it's tough. To see where he shows up next time. Yeah, man, I guess they're going to press on and, and, and race him um, in the Saudi Cup or the, the Dubai race. But I'd like to see him in the Pegasus personally, but, you know, that's not going to happen. No, no, honestly, you know, he'd be perfect for that race, I think. I, I mean, he has he has a good enough running style where he doesn't need the lead, sit right off those horses. He'd have a good shot, in my opinion, but they're not going to do that, which is some, right. So, someone might be there to pick the pieces up. I mean, and, and the Pegasus is a mile and eighth race, not a mile and a quarter. Correct. Which is even but, better. Uh, <laughs> it's just, um, yeah, I, I really don't know what the under, you know, the other horses in that race are going to look like as, as of now, I don't believe, <laughs> I don't believe that there's anybody else pointing to that race currently. I think there's people that, that have an eye on it and maybe thinking, but um, I'm, you know, I mean, who's who's out there? Who's out there that Todd doesn't, you know, doesn't train? <laughs> <laughs> right? He has most of the, um, the second, you know, the second tier older dirt horses 
uh, happy, what's his name, Dr. Post, Happy Saver, uh, that one that won the other day, and um, what did he win, the, uh, the Harlan's Holiday. So he's got quite a few of them. Yeah, and that's not that far off. I mean, that's, no, what thirty-five days, thirty-four days, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, it's not not far off. As long as they don't try to move it to the Tapita. Hey, easy. Tapita's <laughs> destroyed Goldstream Park. I hate this. Bro, I I know, and I, I you you heard me. They can't I, fill already. We haven't even got to January. They're 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 down to. Eight. They put the stupid drag in. I was trying to be optimistic about it because people were just slamming it because they just can't handicap it. Well, Which is fine. To... I think that's the least of the worries. The most baffling thing about this whole situation is they acted as though this was some like revolutionary thing. No, I mean, you talked about nobody it. In wanted detail. To race... I, I, nobody wanted to race on, on it before. Right. You really talked about it. it. And I want to hear about Canada. Most of the races in Canada are a bunch of Ontario breads that they couldn't outrun me. They'd be happy to run on anything. And they usually are because they were coming down here before. You know, they, 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 listen, the Canadian horses that come down here are either turf horses or horses that don't run. Right. The key word it turf. It doesn't make any sense. And then, you know, the other dynamic that's happening is Oakland Park. And you have purses, huge purses. And you know, Turfway's purses are you know bigger, way bigger than they were, and that's you know just something. That, uh, plus, you're dealing with a a reduced capacity of of, of horses, right? You're, you're the number of horses overall is diminished. Um, you know, you have this maniac vet that's out there scratching horses left and right, and I mean, this this is what you're left with. This is this is the problem. I mean, people just don't. People in horse racing just have, have zero, zero, zero vision. They just don't. Yeah, and I think they got tried these, to have these people in New York talking much. about putting it in. It's like, hello. They had too much vision on this one. Like they tried to, they tried to go light years ahead of the situation they had confronted with them. You know what I mean? And just like, oh yeah, well we'll put it in a torpedo surface and that'll solve everything. And clearly, that's not the case. It's making more issues than it's worth yeah. at this point. No, it's it's a big problem, and you know how they're going to deal with it. I don't know. Well, you got to think that they might have to do what they probably didn't want to do in the first place was just use it for off the turf events. They can't. They can't use the turf. That's the problem. I know. What I'm saying, so they're stuck right now. Yes, until exactly. they can fix that problem. Exactly. That's you know, that's an issue. That's a big issue. That's wild to me that that's an issue because it's like, well, <laughs> you know, you literally can pretty much in South Florida grow grass all year round. You can grow grass everywhere but one place. Hell, the, the, the dog track here is full of grass now. <laughs> it's all grown in. The whole track's grown in grass. It's just grass with a bunch of rails up now. Maybe we can turn it into a, a, a training center for the European grass dogs. You know, they run on the grass. I know. I saw that. I saw the... the They're jumps. 
Yeah, that's wild. I think it was the Aussie, Aussie Greyhounds I, I was watching. The dogs have jumps. Not a bad idea. No, I love it. Actually, it's more of an equalizer because to me, and this is nothing against the dog racing people that may still be out there, but it was like the lottery. It's like playing numbers. So I never played it. I, I couldn't figure it out. I I, couldn't. I, I know guys that swore that, that, that they, they could do it. Things. It was inside dogs that didn't do good on the in, outside. It was outside dogs that didn't do good on the inside. Yeah, I, I couldn't follow it. Um, At least, you know, there was no jockeys to blame. That's that, You know what? That's crazy because anytime, you know, when I lived in Orlando and then out here, when I would go to the dog track, there were people that would say that. It was like, well... There's no people to get in the way. I was like, yeah, but they, they like do a flip on the first turn and you're out. Yeah, which happens when I, you know, quite often. Right. And I'm like, well, that's not good either. Nah. I'd love to know winning favorites, their percentage in dog racing. Got to be pretty. That's a, that's a good question. I don't know. I really don't That'd know. be pretty low. I, I mean, just for that reason alone, it's just it seems so random. But there's people out there. I mean, it, it's crazy. They they get it right, <laughs> but it's got to be lower than the thirty percent. I would think. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just don't watch enough. No, I don't know. Good question. It's a good question that we you're going to have to leave Florida to figure out because we don't have it. <laughs> Yeah, trust me, I, I drive by the place every day. We have some horses that qualify for greyhound racing, but um, but that's just uh, me being a jerk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no way, never that. Shout out to Beamy. Sick Under the Beamy. weather. Sick Beamy. I'm Omicron, Omicron, or whatever it is, Beanie. I'm just kidding. I don't think he has COVID. He's got, the Florida, he's got the Florida clap. <laughs> Easy to get out there. In Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to announcer Pete. Peter. Carolina Panthers. They won a game? <laughs> nah, they got blown out, but he's proud to be a fan. Uh, He's like the only one, and my parents like lived there. This is announcer day. Shout out to Bobby Newman who who bought lunch or bought me dinner last night. Me and my man Messiah. Huh. And he, and he made one Back bet at Iowa. He made one what? bet at Pompano last night, and he and he hit. He, he was one for He's one. Back from exile in Iowa. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't mess with Iowa in the winter time. That's not. I don't even think Iowa's open in the winter time. I think they closed <laughs> it. They should. Ever since Lou Dawson left, they just don't even open Iowa in, in the wintertime. <laughs> New York's back. When? Next week? This weekend. This weekend? I think they, they, uh, they drew entries today for Friday, Thursday and Friday. The hiatus is over. They'll probably get a blizzard. <laughs> See, Santa Anita's canceled for Thursday. I know. What's up with the biblical storm out there? Like, 
Who knows? It doesn't happen much. Like, I can't even remember the last time. Maybe it was four or five years ago when it rained at Del Mar and it was just awful. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't rain that much, but when it does rain, it does rain hard. So hopefully it's not going to be one of those, uh, quote, rainy seasons that they had a couple of years ago where they had all the issues, but but there's yeah, nothing we can do about that. that. what forced them off the synthetic? No, that's when they had all the breakdown issues out there. Was, but I thought it was rain, like it, it wasn't draining properly or something. It wasn't, but that was not the synthetic. That was oh, <laughs> that was the um, dirt. <laughs> what people call it the the natural dirt, <laughs> <laughs> the organic dirt. Can't lie, I remember when Hollywood went to synthetic. I was so mad. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like everything else in horse racing. Knee jerk reaction. No one thought about it. They just said, "Oh, oh, this, this, this is this." So you know, let's all put it in, and then all the repercussions come. And and that's the thing is, like, for every action, there's a reaction. And in horse racing, they make changes all the time, and then they're like, "Oh, man, well, we didn't see that coming." Well, hopefully, you didn't see it coming, but like, perhaps you should look elsewhere for for advice because it was obvious to most um i mean the takeout is still too high it's still (laughs) too high and yeah there are some low takeout bets that are um you know popular but why aren't we seeing more more of them you know why why do the jackpot bets persist? Why why are we still seeing 25, 26% takeout in some of these these bets? California, your takeout's too high. It's too high. If you lowered it, your handle would go up. Despite all the other nonsense that happens out there. I mean, they have two what pick fives and they have different takeouts on them. Takeouts, that's nuts. It is nuts. It is not, and and the places that have slots, and uh, you know, Oaklawn Park and then Naira especially, right? Why do they have to have it? Those two places should be cutting their 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 um their take, and and places like Pennsylvania, where the vast majority of the purse money is is derived from non-handle sources, try to grow your handle. People aren't as stupid as you think they are. At least the ones that are left, even though they might be stupid for being left, be for you know still being there. Hmm. It's just too high. It's just too high. Which will be you know probably the way that um, they kill the exchange, not the exchange wagering because they already killed that, but. Um, the fixed odds other than you know they're going to cut you off if you win <laughs> and give, or give you, you know, ridiculously low um, maximums but um, just think about it though I mean with the fixed the take, odds the, the take will be too high look at how many horses that between us like you know texting and stuff you know every weekend horses that we find <laughs> that are 
you know, 10, 8, 10, 12 to 1 that go off considerably less. And if we got that 8, 10, 12 to 1, right, what we would look like. They'd cut us off, and we we're not even. It's gonna happen, right? That that's that's <laughs> gonna happen. And it ain't like we're out there betting ten grand a, a pop, right? Exactly. We're not we're not whales by any means, but well, I'm kind of fat right now. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go back to tropical acres, man. Uh, if I if I if I laid out on the beach, they'd be rolling me in, thinking I was beached. <laughs> <laughs> the tropical acres that do that to you, bro. Oh man, we gotta go back. That's a good spot, man. It's an old school, traditional good spot. Plus, it was crowded Saturday, and the guy got us in. Yeah, he hooked us up strong. Like, you know, that's that that's that Chuck Simon pull. Oh man, I don't, I don't have that clout. I need I that. Think, I think he was more actually scared of Amber. You know that happens. I've seen that too. But uh, she's a, she's a beast, man. She's <laughs> strong arm. <laughs> oh man! I don't really have. I, I said I this last week, and we talked this weekend hours after. But I, I saw really somebody post. Speaking of uh, takeout, I saw somebody post a derogatory tweet. About how fairgrounds takeout is astronomical. Yeah, and it's really not astronomical. It's probably on par with everybody. You know what? Like when sometimes I think ignorance is bliss, right? So, like for a guy like me, I probably don't bet enough. I should say I don't cash enough tickets where it's that (laughs) big of a deal. In the end, it's a big deal. I know. I don't want ITP to like. Like uh, take away my ITP card, but you know, for me, the difference. If if I if 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 you lose, then the takeout's a hundred percent, right? <laughs> but um, <laughs> when you see it, it it just it's and you know, when you're reminded of it, it's like. <sighs> yeah, but you gotta kind of dig deeper and do your own math and be like, all right, well, there was this much in the pool. This is how much was paid out. You could have had an extra. I know, I know, and it and kills you. You know, it, it's almost like we've been distracted by the late odd changes, and now we're having the late exact changes. You know, where the exacto is paying seventy eight dollars as they're loading, and it crosses the wire, and it's forty four. So, like, it's almost like, oh man, we've been just so distracted by the fact that the odds are just chopped uh, during the running of the race that we forget that. You know, because of the takeout, it, it would be, you know, it's worse than it should be. But um, it, it just doesn't seem like anyone in racetrack management anywhere is listening about that. And, I don't know, you think, I, you I think don't that... know. other than having like a mathematician or you know somebody i don't i don't know how you can convince the people at the top that lowering takeout is a good thing and and you know what i mean like it's it's one of those things like i call it surface looking where they just see the immediate benefit you know they don't see the long-term ramifications of, of such a 
thing. And, and it's like, well, how do you convince somebody of that? You know, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, but we're going to get this guaranteed every time. This amount. And they don't have the foresight or the, the wherewithal, the understanding of the whole picture to get why lowering takeout is a good thing in the long run. May not be short term. But it, honestly, it, Barry, I think if you, you you positioned yourself properly and you made it a focus and, you know, not to kiss his ass again, but if you did like Gabe does and, and like, you know, give the players what they what they're looking for and give them what's good for them and not overload. I mean, some of the tracks, they just have too many bets. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I mean, rolling doubles, rolling pick threes, Quinella's. I don't want to go back into the Quinella conversation again, but they're handling nothing. Like, just get rid of them. But um, I, I think that you, you would you would see uh, an uptick in handle. Yeah, but you still got to convince somebody that said... and the horsemen. I mean, and, and in some places like right. New York, you have to you have to actually get approval from the state. Right, that's a huge difficulty. It's, and, um, so that like any kind of implementation of a change is going to take you at least a year. <laughs> I think the, it, it's a, it's an important conversation, even though like, you know, we've talked about it a lot. Uh, everybody's talked about it a lot, but, um, you know, people like yesterday and today were talking about flight line, right? And mm-hmm. you know, he's the horse we've been waiting for. No, don't give me the bullshit. There's no horses anybody's been waiting for. We have two triple crown winners. I don't care who trained them at the time, okay? And guess what it did? Nothing. It didn't do anything. People nope. didn't bet more. People didn't buy more horses. They bought less horses. So that's a bunch of hocus-pocus nonsense from the 70s. It's a different world. It's a different game. Horse that runs every four months. I don't care if he wins by five hundred lengths. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's not gonna quote unquote help the game. No, because you know what I mean. Like, what's it's... gonna help the game is lowering takeout to a point that it's more attractive to bet on the races. Yet the track and the, and the horsemen are still able to derive um, the proper amount of 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 revenue. And you cannot grow the pie by increasing the takeout. And and unfortunately, that's what's, what's happened. Well, I, I mean, just think about this. It's like you talk about the flight line thing. There's a horse we've been waiting for and all that nonsense. Well, I didn't see flight line on ESPN yesterday. No. I didn't see flight line on the news. I didn't see flight line anywhere but in horse racing circles. They also bet $3 million less yesterday at San Anita than they did last year on opening day. But it's just one of those things. like Which you know, was a Saturday, to be fair. Yes. I mean, it was a unique Saturday, I guess. But Sunday. $3 million is still $3 million. It's, you know, a little more than $3 million. But, um, you know. But, I mean, what would it they take? They didn't handle $10 million more. What, what would it take to get a, a, a Gabe-type person involved on the flat side of thing or the thoroughbred side. I mean, it, it seems like that's impossible because everybody they hire to do those sorts of things has no clue whatsoever. 
You know, it's, it's not even that, that they have no clue. Okay with that. It's, it's they all have the wrong philosophy. Right. That's what like, I mean. And they all get on board. And it's like the, the ultimate group think. And it's like, oh, yeah, I, I think that's good, too. And it's like, people, well, people, um, people, there's very few people that think critically about this sport. It's just the truth. And I think a lot of people in these positions, they don't really get racing. They can't. Yeah, I mean, very, very, like, very few of them understand the gambling side. They don't understand the mentality of the gambler because they don't do it. And not that many of them really understand the horseman side, but they have there's groups that will fight for that. And that's part of the process that you have a horseman's group, however, inept in some places they may be, they still are fighting for that side and they're, they're trying to educate those people about what their needs are the betters of course don't have any group that's just the difficult part of the process is how, how do you interject a group of, of betters how do you organize them it's been tried there's been some attempts that that have you know gotten a little bit done here and there and, and uh, but it's just a you know, it, it's not a, it's a diverse group of people all over the country, all over the world. And um, uh, it's it's just, I mean, it, the dynamics of the, the, the situation just don't allow for the betters to have a voice, unfortunately. But the betters voice should be the money that's bet through the windows. And even that has gotten to be where we don't exactly know. You say Gulfstream Park is down about um about um uh you know handle being down there and if you think about it the computer money is going to be static right yeah it shouldn't be going down because the computer doesn't care what the surface is the computer doesn't care uh, and, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe because um, you're running so many torpedo races and you have so few horses that have any form that maybe they actually backed <laughs> off, played less because, was, yeah, I don't know. That's a strictly a, a guess. I mean, it's not impossible and it's probably but, more like it isn't, you know. But still, if those could things could be programmed to bet on, uh, you know, mice running through a field. It doesn't matter. There's no sport involved. In it. It's just a grind it out, grind it out, you know, percentage trying to, to clear this percentage to, to just make a little bit of money. It's all. So, you know, the odds of them saying, well, we're not going to bet because of this or that or that, you know. One to none. None. But people themselves, I, I mean, I can't give you a better example than myself <laughs> you know i've given up on the synthetic races for the most part i just i look at them and they just they just don't make any sense to me and uh and part of it is is you know there's some you know really not good races bad horses so bad horses are tougher anyways because they're inconsistent but but um 
I don't even know where I was going with that whole thing. <clears throat> well, the handle um, down because of synthetic and so well that and field size and field sizes. Well, are... they don't have grass races. I mean, let's face it; they don't the, have grass. Well, that's races. the that's the real crux of the issue. Last year in December, more than fifty percent of the races were were on the turf. And uh, that's just a fact. I mean, that's just the way it is. But um, but you know, I I just don't understand why a business making money as much as you know tracks make. I mean, yeah, things are down, but they're still making money. Why would they not have every good source available to give them information to make decisions? It just boggles my mind. It makes no sense to me whatsoever from a business standpoint. You know, forget all the other stuff. Just pure making profit. Why would you not hire or talk to or get advice from somebody in the know that's going to help you maximize your profit? When you know clearly you don't understand it. They have to know they don't understand. This, this is a good they question. They can't say, oh, well, we got this down. There's no way. It, it, it's it's a good question. And, and um, people have asked why don't racetracks hire people who are who are experts in, in wagering. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I kind of get and, that. And honestly, it. a couple of them have tried it, but they've never hired the right person. Right. But... um. Well, it's because they want to hire their friends. It's a good. It's a good question. I mean, it's it's a logical, fair question. I mean, you know, at least at least tighten it up is is I guess my point is they could tighten those things up and get it straight and even make a little more money than they are now by doing those little things. It's always those little things that add up to a bigger thing. I guess tracks are also distracted too, and that's the thing too is that they have other stuff going on. They're not just racetracks anymore. True. Yeah, whatever. But it it just doesn't make any sense to me, and it never it never does, and it still doesn't. Like, you know, you would have to go out and probably quote unquote knock on the CEO's door a billion times to get a guy like Gabe in a in a thoroughbred track. I mean, they even had to go out on limb to 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 get him in where he is with the standard breads. So who who would be the first person to be like, you know what? We got nothing to lose. Why try this? Well, you know, the truth of the matter about, you know, what he's done at Pompano is that um, the company that owned Caesars, they they really didn't care that much about what went on there. So he, he was able to do. Right. He was able to work freely with. with right. Without being micromanaged. Strengths. Which you know the micromanaging is is, is something that that uh, you know. But how can you micromanage something that you know nothing about? Uh, I don't know. I hear an awful lot about it. All, all I hear a lot about it in corporate America. Period. True. That that is true. I mean, you know, every day in corporate America, somebody's making a decision up high that affects somebody down low, and they have no idea how it affects them, but they just want to make that decision. Happens all the time. You're right, but. It's just like, why would they want to micromanage that? As long as, you know, the, the profits seem to be on the uptick and things seem to be going in the right direction 
and then it keeps the heat off them from the public or the betting public, I should say, um, from putting on a bad product or, you know, at least making the most of what they got. And we're not doing that. And that's why it's concerning. It's like, well, A, do they care? They should, but it seems like they don't because they're not taking these kind of steps. And, and B, how do we get through that barrier and be like, all right, you guys got to see this picture. And it's just too much of a hurdle, you know, for something that should be, you know, like if I can understand it, anybody can understand it. That's how I think of it. So it, it, it's not that difficult. And it's minor adjustments. It's, it's one of those things I always say, control the controllables. You have control over that. Yeah. It's I mean, just, one it's, thing they one one thing tracks don't seem to have control over is the timing of the races. They got no control over that, which is insane. Insanity that you well, see blanks in the in the <laughs> just literal blanks in, in the racing form. Just nothing. No fractions, no nothing, just a, a final time and like, oh well, that's what we got. What do you do with that? December 3rd at Gulfstream was a real doozy. Now those horses that ran back and, and from that day are, are coming in and, and you have this um, like this horse TikTok famous who, who ran in a race that is listed as about a mile and 16th that absolutely positively was not a mile and 16th race. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> it was a mile. The race was a mile and it's still being listed as a mile and 16th. Um, and that's a disgrace. Equibase, you should be disgusted. You, you should you should all quit or fire yourself. <laughs> and Equibase is the reason why this timing issues are all happens because they tried some new bullshit that didn't work. Like, experiment it like freaking, sorry, Beanie, Grant's Pass. You know, like, please, d- d- do it at somewhere where they're not handling 10, 12, 15, 20 million dollars in a day. It doesn't make sense. But when you have a race that's listed as hand timed in a mile in one thirty five and three for a mile and a sixteenth, like it, we're, we're almost a month past this, how come this hasn't been fixed? Give us nothing. I'll tell you what, I I, I just don't understand how betters don't squawk about that more. I mean, I, I see, you know, we kind of talk about it amongst ourselves. You got Craig that, you know, he's he's leading the charge of the band of like 10 people that are really concerned about it. <laughs> and it's crazy to me because that's like the, the foundation of what we do as betters, I guess. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But I, I would think that would be a bigger issue than it is. It's it's just it's a huge issue, man. <laughs> like <laughs> huge. I, I just don't get it, man. I don't, I don't know what people are thinking up at the top, but 
maybe they should start kind of trying other stuff or, or thinking a different way because clearly this isn't working. I mean, how is it acceptable to have that running line? Ever. 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 I can't believe they printed it. That's the first thing I said to you. It was like, how did they put that in there? With zeros, like nothing, like blank, blankety blank, nothing. And a final time that didn't match the the distance. <laughs> Just think about that. That's crazy. It really is. And the, and the best is Equibase somehow or another came up with a speed figure for that race using that data. Or they ignored it and just made it up, basically, which is what I think. That's what I, I was going to say. They had to. because <clears throat> That's not accurate by any means. You know, right? it's only five seconds faster than the track record at that you know, distance. <laughs> but it's an about distance, Chuck. Yes. It's about a sixteenth of a mile shorter than an actual was. <laughs> oh man, there's like those seven and a half ones that are really like a mile. It's it's. I I mean I just don't know what you what we're supposed to say about that. There's nothing. I mean, <laughs> you know, they just have to demand better. Like the whole industry just has to demand better for that one aspect. Like everybody, every track should be like, yo, we can't do this. Time is what we do. We need to get it together. And and that's that's I guess more alarming than than anything. It's like more than one place is having these issues everywhere. And it's been like that for a while and nobody's dealt with it. I feel Craig's pain. I feel him on that. It's rough. I know, you know, you know. I, I get sick of hearing people tell me, "Oh, you, Chuck, you can't say that. You can't say that. You can't say that. Why? Why? Why?" <laughs> Seriously, if you're, I would almost, fire you. no matter where you worked, almost guaranteed, I would fire you. I might send you for some training and hire you back. How can you train on that? It's like, what kind of racetrack human can you have like I, how can you it's a Vegas to, to 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 go down and, and spend some time in ITP's basement <laughs> to understand the customers I don't know maybe it's all just doesn't even matter what's the feel and, and that's the you see from more and more and more people 
and they just give up. You see the 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 creepy uh, people that are buying horses that are selling um, things with their creepy train. They're <laughs> you know they're they're suspect operations, and, and they're people making any money at this business. Maybe maybe the rest of us are all suckers. Well, that's what I think people are. Hey, Point. Guys like, collecting big, big, big paychecks that are doing a terrible job. Except Carstangen, you know, who's doing a great job of, of what he's being paid to do, which is basically, you know, milk the Kentucky Derby for all it has, milk the slots in Kentucky for all it has, and get out of get out of every other racing um, property that they have. But their stock price is skyrocketing, so I get it. I get why they they get paid, but like everywhere else. What future is there? I mean, we need dynamic leadership, but we have zero leadership. We have no racing in the summertime in Chicago. We have no racing in Boston. We're down to one track in L.A. We're not that far from having no racing in South Florida. These are traditionally strong racing places. Have no racing. Think about that. Who do you see getting involved in, in buying a racetrack? You see Mike Rapoli out there thinking about buying a racetrack? Mike Rapoli's got a lot of money. He owns lots of horses. Loves the game. See out there thinking about buying a racetrack? I haven't heard of it. Hell no. But you got to make the game better. You got to make the game stronger. And they're not doing that. They're grifting. They're just squeezing out every single penny from this and and just, you know, throwing it on the side of the road and, and, and driving off. The product stinks. All over the place. Saratoga had some god-awful races. Short fields. That's Saratoga. That's a five-day Saratoga meet. Not six days, five. With a lot of purse money. And a lot of New York Brits. Delmar had some unbettable races. (laughs) Not just picking on one track. So that's the thing. Right. That that's the state of the game, you know, going into 2022. That's not cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, what I think about when I think about the racetrack executives, it it's almost like um remember when, when Trent Dilfer won the Super Bowl? It was yeah. kind of like, don't screw it up. That's what it feels like that they do. Is they're like, all right, well, we just got to keep the wheels turning. We're not going to make any improvements. We're not going to do any worse. But we're just going to be here. And we're going to make the money while we're here. And then, you know, see what happens. And that's a horrible way to 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 run something like this. Because 
you, you need to reevaluate things constantly. I mean, I, I can't, I can't believe, I mean, just this is speculation on my part, but it seems like they don't even, even talk about these things on a regular basis with anyone, you know, they may hear it from us or, or another podcast or maybe, you know, and, and, you know, that itself is an issue where you got people who just won't talk about anything difficult. You know, everything's about... You know what, Barry? The the fact of the matter is is there's so many people that don't even understand the issues. Right. And that's I think that's where I was going with it, is that, you know, there's a lot of people that don't understand these things. And, you know, I guess it's a good thing that we talk about them because otherwise they're not going to get talked about and they're not going to get an understanding of it. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've had people, you know, message me um, asking more about some of the things that we talk about on here that they didn't hear anywhere else. Not, you know, kind of not tooting our own horn or anything, but it seems like we shouldn't be the place (laughs) that people would go to to hear these kind of things. (laughs) You know, it's kind of funny to me in that regard. It's just like, well. You know, I know I'm not the authority, but I understand the situation. Right. So, you know, you understand it a lot better than I do from a different perspective. So we can't be the only ones. And that's no, why there's, there's a lot of people. There's there's people that, that just aren't allowed to do anything when they see it. It's like the Gestapo. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, it's it's um, for fear of losing their job, basically, right? <clears throat> well, when when you think about it, so I've been watching this Netflix series Narcos. Hmm. No, there's no trainers in it. Dang um, it! But one of the things about it, in I mean, obviously, you kind of got to watch it to to understand if you haven't seen it, but it's about, you know, the cartel in Colombia and uh, the second cartel in Colombia. And then, um, you know, how the trafficking wound up in Mexico. And, and one of the things that reminds me so much of racing is that when you're younger, you always learn about, you know, you're always taught that there's good people and there's bad people, right? The good guys, the bad guys, the, the, the white hats and the black hats. <laughs> and watching those, it was interesting because, you know, there's so much government corruption in those countries. Not that there's not in our country. Believe me, there's plenty in our country, too. <laughs> and how it's not a black and white issue all the time. And, and that the bad guys can pay off the good guys and turn the good guys into not so good guys. And how everything isn't as... Um, as black and white as it seems, and that's like the definition of horse racing. When you would think that a racetrack would be completely dedicated to to giving out the most accurate information as possible to their to their players to give them the best uh, deal possible, that um, that owners would realize that monopolizing uh, you know a few trainers monopolizing all the good horses is going to you know destroy the racing product which it which it it sort of has because they all have different um 
views of the thing. And, and that's kind of thing is in a nutshell, you would think that the, the, the surface, the track surface would be a huge priority. And I'm going to tell you, it isn't. And it, <laughs> it hasn't been. It's recent that, that it's gotten more, you know, public exposure. But I was at Churchill Downs the day they, they dedicated a statue to a horse that broke down. And, and the same morning, they cut the budget for the track maintenance. And yet the, the CEO of the company at the time was out there, you know, talking about their commitment to, to, to horse and human safety. But their actions didn't equal what their words were. But, but that was not, that was information that I knew that wasn't, you know, made public. But that's the kind of stuff that happens a lot. It happens a lot. And well, it, it, it's like, why would you undermine the whole process, though? And you know what I mean? That, that's how that feels. It's like, why are you sabotaging your own stuff instead of building it up? Remember this, too. Like, you have to think that um, you're, a, you're a, a racing commissioner, say. Okay. Mm-hmm. We won't just pick on racing executives. You're a racing commissioner. And, um, you know, a trainer that, that you're involved with some way, shape, or form comes up in front of the commission for some kind of violation. <laughs> All of a sudden, you have a dog in the fight. Dog radio silent. <laughs> so it's just human nature. Right. To make that go away. And that, that happens. One of the scariest things about the USADA and their dropping out of the the HISA thing was that you could make donations to the USADA um, that did not have to be revealed, which to me would seem to be huge like, of interest. <laughs> a massive conflict of interest, <laughs> of course. It's a nonprofit. It's supposed to be regulation, a private business regulator that uh, that that accepts. Um, undisclosed um... payments. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. It's nuts, but nobody seemed to, ma- to care because, oh my God, Navarro and service and blah blah blah. It's like <sighs> I'm happy the USADA is gone, and I don't even know if they are gone. I don't know if this is all just a big bullshit grandstanding thing to to, to squeeze more money and more power out of it. But that's what that was about. Money and power. Not not because they have any great desire to regulate horse racing, because none of them really give a shit about it. Because they made sure that the people that cared about horse racing wouldn't be on it. And I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of sticker shock when people figure out how much this thing is going to cost. I mean, Jason Bourne isn't going to be paroling the backsides of, of, of America. Should be. Right? It's just, that's not happening. If we could, you know, if we could get Jason to, Bourne to do that, then <laughs> maybe that's what maybe, you... maybe you'd be willing to pay a little bit more. 
your destiny what? is to be in charge of the uh, Hissa task force that goes on the backside with like dark glasses, bulletproof vests, Hissa on the back of your shirt. Only if they let me shoot people. Taze is that a good runner-up to that? We don't need any guns. <laughs> Maybe Taze a whole bunch of people. Hand tasers too, not the shoot them up kind. Like you got to get close. There's such a misconception about everything. It's it just, I just shake my head. I really do. How can you not? I mean, I, I, <laughs> it's like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> what are you doing? It's it's almost laughable, and it and it, you know, I I, I guess I laugh to keep from crying. Because it's just like, what the hell? Like, you know how I always say, whose man's is this? Who, who Who's doing all this? Like, who's coming up with these things or, or not addressing other things and just in some alternate reality that I don't know? And this is from a guy in me that doesn't really know too, too much about it. You know, I know enough and I know a lot of people who will tell me things and stuff like that. But you know, I'm kind of on the outside. I'm, I'm, I'm with most of the, the betters. You know, I only see what I see and I see it. So we can't be the only ones. And they're just going to completely ignore all, the, all these issues. Like everything's okay. And then try to force feed that to the public or at least the betting public. Like everything's cool. Listen, this, they get people I'm, on board. Yeah. I'm going to give the industry some free advice here. And they don't deserve it. This industry doesn't deserve it. But policing the backside is not difficult. It just isn't. Control the vets. Of their habits. Have people that actually know what the hell they're looking for. Hire actual security. Real people. Real people. Not $12 an hour guys that don't know what the hell they're looking at. Not guys from the FBI who don't know what the hell they're looking at. If you worked for the FBI, but you don't have the power to tap phones and to use surveillance methods, then again, it's like, uh, you know, that's great. But those guys have to be trained to know what to look for, to know who to look for and focus on the, the people that deserve the added focus. It's not. It's not that difficult. This is not uh, a union. There's not collective bargaining agreement. We don't have to treat every trainer the same. We don't have to treat every owner the same. And the racetrack themselves can handle some of this stuff. Stop being afraid of trainers. Right, it's in their best interest. Stop being afraid of trainers. There's nothing they can do. Nothing. Take their horses, so what? A lot of the big outfits take their horses, you'll get twice as many to fill in because they don't want to run against them. Stop being pussies. You you don't need to to get a guy uh, in handcuffs. Start pulling his stalls. Stalls are the lifeblood of a trainer. Without stalls, you, can, you you have nowhere to put the horses. 
limit the stalls. Are they going to go somewhere else? Who cares? Who cares? Because if you have the biggest purses and the best races, where are they going to go? The owners eventually all filter back in. They're not going to go race for half the money somewhere else. And if you don't, they're going to leave anyways. (laughs) That's the thing. They're going to leave anyways when they get horses good enough to go on to the next level. That's what happens. You could you could fix that problem, and then you have to stop. You know, you want to fix the system. Stop calling bullshit positives positives. Put in realistic rules. Spend some money to do the 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 research to tell to tell me if I stop a medication seventy two hours out. I'm not going to get a positive. Not 95% of the time I'm not going to get a positive, which is shockingly the 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 cutoff for some of these things. 95%. That means if we tested 100 horses, five would come positive, even though they're trying to follow the rules. I mean, right. People think this is a good system. It's a shitty system. Just keep up with what's going on. There's always going to be new drugs out there. Always. But the horses are not going to get them themselves. That's the that's the key. The horses cannot do it themselves. Someone has to acquire them. Someone has to bring them on the backside. And someone has to give it to the horse. That's three opportunities to catch people. And catch them. Catch them. Security on the backside is not a nine to five job not you want real security it's 24 hours a day you don't have to have 15 investigators roaming around at three o'clock in the morning but you probably should have one one thing's for sure it's quiet at night no one's back there everything's quiet but that also that also gives opportunity for you to to see what's going on See who comes through the gate, who leaves the gate, what they're doing. I know one of the biggest crooks in racing. Everybody knows his name. I'm not going to say it. doesn't even train anymore. He used to come back to the barn 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, do whatever the hell he wanted. And everybody knew it. Everybody told security. You don't, you don't think we didn't, we didn't try to get something done? They didn't do anything. They looked the other way. It's too much of a pain in the ass. That's how you catch people. Catch them. Catch them. You don't need to deter people that you catch. When you catch them, that deters everyone else. Well, I guess that's uh, <clears throat> the theme for 2022 is to to have racetracks just tighten it up, man, all the way around. There are a lot of things to it's do. It's always lip service. So that's the problem. Yep, that's 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 what pisses me off, to be honest. Um, 
it's like you know you say a whole lot of nonsense and yeah we're gonna do this we're gonna do that we're gonna do that and nothing ever gets accomplished and we're still in the same place we were a year ago two years ago three years ago four years ago five years ago well, I know. like what's what's the line like is it is it you just want it to fail or that's you know I, I just don't understand the end game with with something like that it makes you wonder right it, it does i mean i think about it a lot <laughs> every time i open up the adw on my phone now it's it's the truth you don't need usada you don't it's all a bunch of fluff Gonna track where the horses go. Get out of here with that shit. <laughs> Who cares? Ninety nine percent of them are standing right in their stall. If a guy that takes a horse off the track to do something wrong with him, well, you have investigative services. Follow him. Catch him. You think he's doing something illegal? Catch him. If it's a guy that wins five percent, guess what? He probably isn't doing anything illegal. He probably isn't. You don't. Almost every state's got some sort of out of competition testing on the books. You could make house rules. There's, there's, there's so many things you could do, but it just takes effort. And the truth is, the regulation vets. Come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. I think I told you the story about the guy with the single hitch sulky, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you said. I graduated third in my class at NYU. If I can't turn those guys into spinning tops in, in the court, then shame on me. I'm sorry, but veterinarians make good, really good money. Being a regulation vet, it's kind of a, it's kind of a shitty job. And you know, thinking that having a 18 regulation that's all over your backside is gonna like make things better. That's just ludicrous too. It's just stupid. It's just silly. It's just it's just nonsense. Waste of money. Well, it's 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 also you know noticeable that if they made any any change whatsoever, it would have immediate impact. And that's why it's so crazy that they just don't take that step. Like you said, it's just lack of effort. Even they pick one thing, one of them, one of them. Any number of things that we brought up tonight. And just change one thing and see what happens. Or did something different than what we've been doing. I remember I was working for Tom Skiffington. This is in the early 90s, like 92 or 91. And um, he left me with a couple horses of Hialeah. And uh, he wanted to try. I can't remember. He wanted to get a race into them or break their maiden or something. I, I don't remember what it was. But I had a, I had a handful of horses. And uh, Hialeah used to run after Gulfstream. Gulfstream ran till like the middle of March, then Hialeah took over till like 
I think to like Derby Day. And then after the Derby, uh, Calder got the rest of the dates. And I remember I, I was schooling a horse one day. And I think it was either before the first race or during the first race. But it was early, early in the day. And there was a TRPB agent there. And I knew, I knew, you know, I knew him. We knew he was a TRPB agent. He had like seven or eight people with him. And they were all, you know, relatively young, you know, not, not like, you know, in their twenties and thirties. And what he was doing was training them, training them to go undercover. And the racetracks decided to get rid of the TRPB. Because they didn't want the expense. Cost too much money. The TRPB, Google it. But um, I remember that. And you trying to tell me now that that would be a good thing? Well, that that's the thing is, what were they comparing the cost to? And, and what was it impeding? Just wanted to cut costs. That's all. You know, you can always make a reason to uh, plea as to why to cut something, right? You say, well, yeah, we haven't had any scandals. We haven't had any, you know, big issues. What have they really done? What have they really caught? What have they really prevented? Everything, <laughs> right? So that's well, the thing: is if you prevent something from happening, but it, it doesn't have some sort of giant uh, headlines to it, then <laughs> they're doing their job. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> it's easy to to say, right. Well, I mean, oh well, there's not, there's no news, so there's no real need for them anymore. Even though they're doing their job really well, it's like uh, like referees. The, the yeah. refs do the good job. You never, you never know. Right, you're not noticing them, right? 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 So that doesn't mean we don't need them. <laughs> In the end. There's smoke, there's usually fire. All you have to do is isolate the smoky people. That's really it. That's really the main gist of everything. But, uh, you know, you never, you never get that. And that's, I give credit to Jeff Gorell, and I, I, I don't always agree with him. And, and I think that some of his stances on trying to be, uh, you know, save money in some areas where he'll spend a lot of money in other areas. It's, it's a little weird, but uh, but he is the single track operator in America that has made integrity a big part of his program, and um, it's not the only reason, but there is a reason that people bet more money in his tracks than any other North American track outside of uh, of Woodbine or. Mohawk, whatever you want to call it, but Nobody. you know, as far as the the lower forty eight, it's not even close. I mean, it's like not even remotely close. So, I know we we preach about this crap all the time, but you know, just wish I wish I just wish that someone would pick up the ball. Official and... capacity would just say, you know what, that's that's actually a good idea. You know what. Maybe we should do this. And it probably has to start at the top. 
And I'm pretty sure the people that own racetracks aren't listening to us. I'm sorry to say that. We've had though they we've had a, we, we had a tremendous cool explosion this year in our in our listenership and our, our downloads and the amount of people listening is 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 has really gone up and I do appreciate each and every one of them Absolutely. of you that listened and and that um oh, we we really do appreciate it. But uh I still pretty sure that like, you know, people that own racetracks aren't listening to us. Somebody is they took our bubble idea. But um the jockey bubble. We should put them we should go back to the jockey bubble. We might have to. <laughs> yeah, that's not even talked about anymore, which is wild. <laughs> no, it's like, you know. There's like no protocols. Like, no, who knows, like, who has what now with the jockeys? <laughs> no, and the protocols that, that, that are in place, some of the places, are, are just, they're not doing anything. They're not, yeah. It's not stopping anything. It's just annoying people. It's just, you know, it's just crazy that, that you can you need a vaccination card for this or you need this for that but then you can have 65,000 people in a football no big well that was crazy you say that because when i went to new orleans you needed a vaccination card to eat in a restaurant but they had the florida lsu game going on right <laughs> 70,000 strong maskless whatever you want to call it but it's like, you know, not everybody's on the same page, apparently. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You're going to get it, you're going to get it. And if you're not going to get it, you're not going to get it. And that's right. And most of the time, you're not going to know. In the end, people have made, there have been so many mistakes. And so many people have said so many things that turned out to be not true. It's not I don't see why it's not logical that people are very suspect of anything he said now because they've been lied to or they've been just told something that they were hoping would be true and it didn't turn out to be true, that they didn't know and they just said, well, we got to take the stance because of blah, 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 whatever. I mean, get your vaccination, get your boosters, wear your masks. That's great. You want to do it? Fine. But uh, it's, you know, in the end, it probably isn't going to matter. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. And if you're not going to get it, you're not going to get it. That seems like the the general consensus now is everyone's going to get it. So, but um, yeah, I remember we had jocks rooms and they weren't allowed to go on the backside. And... Remember they had the party <laughs> down at Colonial. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it ruined the whole meet. Now today the NBA announced that they didn't do like the NFL and they're on like the five day protocol, so so guys can come back in five five days now from testing positive. Yeah, I, I think there's just a problem. <laughs> and they really needed to do that because they were getting ready to have players like, you know, revolt. Guys that test positive, they feel fine, have no symptoms. I, I think we're just at the point where, you know, we have to define what a positive test actually means because just having it you know if you're not sick what does that mean having it and being sick means one thing having it and not being sick means another so there's got to be some sort of evolution of the testing and evaluation of the testing and i think we're at that transition point because like people are getting annoyed like you said it's like 
all this stuff in, in, in pro sports where it's like, all right, well, do I need to be out for two weeks? I think it was DeMar DeRozan said he, he tested positive and they had him sit out for however many days, 10 days. And he's like, I didn't feel any different. Yeah. He, he said his, his main symptom was, was boredom. Bo- <laughs> yeah. He was bored. And, and it makes a lot of sense. You know, that makes sense if he's asymptomatic and you know, well, what you do rely it's, it's, on tests, you know, right? They're right. Very relying on testing. I don't know how we got into <laughs> political talk, but I mean, and, and it's sad that this is a political talk because you should be political. No, but tell- um, <laughs> it, it, you know, there's been I, I heard a story about someone that got tested in the morning was was uh, negative, and then they got tested later on that afternoon was positive. positive. Yeah, but so just goes to show you, like. You don't just because you have a negative test doesn't mean that you're actually negative. You have a positive, so like all these cards and say it's all bullshit. Right, we gotta we gotta really define it. I mean, it, it's getting out of the control to the point where, like, at least in pro sports, anyway, it's just a little too much because most of the guys that are sitting out aren't even sick. Technically. No. No, and and yes, they're they're a different class of people in that they're, you know, um, and probably the healthiest people in the world. That's what I mean. I mean, they're they're in you know <laughs> they're already amazingly you know physically gifted and 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 strong, but but like you said the other day when you went to the game, how it was crazy. The people in the first two rows had to wear masks, but nobody else did. <laughs> Right, it was the first three rows of you know the courtside people, and then three or four rows up, and then nobody else had to. Then they had a, a touch screen to check out at one of the concession stands, like a big one, right? That you could clearly see mad people were touching it, you could see fingerprints on it, you know what I mean? Like somebody had, like, you know buttery fingers from the popcorn or something you could see it on there it's like well if they really didn't want to spread it why are we doing this or you know it makes you wonder yeah but even that night at the game um i think it was five magic players were out and they were all sitting on the bench with masks on like hanging out they weren't sick they didn't you know, I, I'm sure if they they actually had, you know, COVID, like for real, for real, they wouldn't have been there. If, if you know, from what I understand it, it, you know, thankfully I haven't gotten it myself. But from the people I know that have had it, they said they felt really sick. Right. You know, not able to kind of do much until it kind of passed, which makes a whole lot of sense. But if you don't have any symptoms and you're just like hanging out, like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know what does that actually mean and and I, I think we're not defining that or or making a distinction between the asymptomatic people and the people that are actually sick that are well, going if, to the if, hospital if, if you think about the, from the standpoint of jockeys are are human athletes correct mm-hmm. I mean, yeah in great I, shape by the way I haven't and, heard about any jockeys testing positive at all, anywhere. That's because they don't test them, do they? Exactly. <laughs> like, well, if they don't test it, nobody's ever going to know anything. Exactly. It's anything not... short of them getting sick, 
Yeah. No, I don't know. I haven't seen any jockeys be out for an extended period of time. Nope. Exactly. Uh, so it's like so, a thing. If you don't test for, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. Now we have a disease that you have to be tested for to know if you have it or not, because it doesn't have any symptoms or, you know, you're, you're like super, super duper sick. I mean, down, you know, around here, you have people standing in line for hours and hours and hours. But I think that's more because of spreadability. Even the asymptomatic people can spread it to people that actually get sick. And they don't have a handle on that either. So it's like, again, what are we doing? (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, having a person stand in line with a bunch of other people who are getting tested, therefore meaning, you know, they might actually think they may have some symptoms I, I don't know it just seems like they're more likely to to uh <laughs> come <laughs> back run around in circles waiting to get tested with other people waiting to get tested than you would if you didn't if you just stayed home or stayed away from people or went to the beach or whatever the hell right it's like we're running around in circles like chickens oh. with our heads cut off and it's like you know like over here in daytona at the speedway there's Huge, tremendous lines to get tested over this past week because of Christmas. People wanted to hang out with their family. Right. Um, I don't know, you know, what people found out and what they did afterwards, but it's like, all right, well, I got the test. It says I'm positive, but I'm not sick. So what do I do? Do I go? Do I not go? Do I hang out? Do I not hang out? I mean, there's so much. It's It's just, it's tough now because... You know, you got a lot of people vaccinated and, you know, it, it's it's just it's just a lot. It's too much to comprehend. And there's nobody to guide the ship, it seems. Nope. And that's the truth. And, and that's, beyond, that's like, why I don't even it doesn't even cross governing themselves anymore. now. I, They're like, yeah, two days. We're good. I don't <laughs> even consider it like it just is. That's because Florida, man. I don't like, even think Florida, there was never any rules here. I'm not getting tested. I'm not. I'm not going. And why, why would I get tested? I feel fine. Yeah, they're, they're, like in Florida is a whole different animal. I and I learned that when I went to Louisiana. Yeah, like you know, here is just no rules at all. None, like zero. You can no. do what you want when you want, how you want, which is a gift and a curse in some ways. <laughs> but you know, going to another state. They handle it totally different. Every state's different. Uh, I mean, my nephew's here from Phoenix, and he said he went to L.A., and it was just, you know, kind of like borderline lockdown central over there. Masked everywhere. Here, it's like loosey-goosey. You can wear a mask if you want. Nobody's really going to say anything to you. Uh, You see the signs on stores and restaurants saying, we suggest you wear one, but they're not going to make you. So I think even from the lockdown standpoint, we really didn't have it as bad as other states, you know, just because of our leadership here and how the collective kind of thought of it after that first wave when the initial shock. After that, it was kind of like, well, do what you want. Yeah. Yep. Sorry for the COVID talk, everyone. Well, it matters because, you know, I, I'm gathering that it's going to creep into horse racing at some point. 
with this. Well, I just I think it's not not funny, but I just think it's ironic that you're seeing uh, bowls canceled. You're seeing, you know, NBA teams, right, NFL teams, the protocol. The Saints are starting like the fourth string guy tonight because everybody else is out, and not even a whisper. And, 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 <laughs> not even a not even a hint or an inkling of anything. Just like. Like, it's not even there. Right. Which is, it's wild, you know, because, I don't know. I hope I hope they didn't listen to that part of the, the show. And a, a, a year ago, people <laughs> would be, like, screaming at us. Oh, my God, how can you say this? They're putting everyone at risk and blah, 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 blah. It's like, come on, man. Well, I hope they don't listen to this part of the show. And then we, 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 we figured that the... The people at risk are are basically uh, everyone, and there's not anything you can do to mitigate that risk. So, like, although I, I have to say, I've, I've seen jockeys still mask up while they're that's riding. That, that's because they're little banditos. I see them. Well, if you're if you're riding somewhere cold, that's normal. No, I I've seen it at at Gulfstream. Joggies. Not many, mind you. There's a few. And it's not a requirement anymore, correct? Uh, obviously. <laughs> you can see pocket no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if it is or it isn't. I really don't even know. I see I see riders with it, but I I mean, like I said, I, I don't at least as far as I knew, they weren't doing anything <laughs> in that regard. They left that behind once yeah. the first lockdown was over with. I don't know. It's, it just seems like wild, man. It's just wild. It's just a something that I think most people in America just weren't thinking about, and it just hit everybody over the head. Like, wow, this is nuts. Yeah. Yep. Just kind of like the odds of uh, our man Joey Martinez winning Yo, two races. I, I told him declared no contest. I wanted to tell him to, to play the lottery because <laughs> that's leads, like the odds of that happening is ridiculously small. He, he leads the country in, in winning no contest races. <laughs> that's unbelievable, bro. Such bad luck, man. Like how how do you predict that? I think it's the like, first time like the horse just like ran weeks. Yeah, it's, it hasn't been long, like two or three weeks. No in two weeks. I mean that those odds are that I it's gotta be in like lightning strike type deal, right? I mean how many no contests do they have a year in this country as far as races go? Not many, right? Yeah. Less uh, than two. You think not not many at all. I, I don't even know, right? It's not a lot. I mean, considering how many races there are a year. Yeah. And I've seen maybe myself seen with my own eyes five, maybe. <laughs> and this is over a span of like thirty plus years. <laughs> And he's had two in the last three weeks. <laughs> yeah, that is bad luck. 
So positive notes. We gotta we gotta end on a positive before we go. Um Pegasus. You ain't get a viral video again. <laughs> That'd be fun. See some acrobats. Can't make it up. Well, New York is back. That's positive. I like New York racing. Always have been a big supporter. It's where I learned how to read the form. So, and the Aqueduct cards have been pretty damn good since they made the move in November. Better than the Belmont cards, I have to say. True that. Uh, We both joined a contest today. Yes. El Hombre. El Hombre's contest. That'd be fun. Yeah. Although I don't know who else is in it because they didn't use their real names. Although I know some of the people, some of them, but not all of them. I should have changed my... If you go to at El Hombre, H-O-M-B-R-E-T-T-P, on Twitter. That's what that stands for. Yeah. Which you can for the Tour de Force Season 3. There was two prior seasons. Yeah. Never want to be in the sequel. You want to be in the original or the third? Unless it's Jurassic Park 3. That was horrible. Jurassic Park 3. I don't even know it was Jurassic Park 2. There's like six of them, bro. Jurassic Park 2 is when he came back to San Diego. Where the T-Rex was on the ship and running around San Diego. Three was the pterodactyl one where they went to find the kid. The lost kid that was collecting Tyrannosaurus P. Four is, I believe, when they went back to save them from a volcano. Right? Or is that six or five? (laughs) I I don't know. No, four is when they actually had the new island. Five is when they went back to save them. So there's five of them. And I think there's going to be a sixth. And the first one is still the best one. So (laughs) there's that. Well, that's as positive as we can get. <laughs> yes. Well, I guess we can we can send everybody off with well wishes for the new year and cashing all their tickets, right? We want everybody to cash. We want people to cash. 
every time. Not every time. They'd be they they'd be bragging so much and it's bad enough there's braggarts on, on Twitter. <laughs> the poster the poster wins so everybody says, Oh my god, you're smart. You know what I enjoy about that? What? Is the creativity they put into the the caption to their winning picks. <laughs> the humble that's, that's what I enjoy. I think I like that more than actually seeing them win. <laughs> uh, that's true. Because well, sometimes you get a story where, you know, somebody's like, oh, well, I didn't really plan on playing this, but I punched the ticket anyway, and look what happened. Or you get somebody who's like, well, I eliminated this horse because of this, and this is what happened. Or, you know, there's there's usually a story or somebody's like, wow, look at what I did. I don't know. I, I found that amusing. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> you just think about that next time you see somebody that hits a decent, you know, something over $1,000. Anytime you see a ticket that wins over $1,000 on Twitter, just make note of the caption and what they say about it. I will do that for sure. Because I don't ever see anybody not post anything. It's just, you know, not just the screenshot, nothing else. There's always something there. See, now you know why I'm left-handed. <laughs> A southpaw. Yeah. Sometimes. Which is weird in itself. Do some things left-handed, do other things right-handed. Yeah. You're ambidextrous. No, I wouldn't say that. I'm mostly left-handed, but just some things I do righty. Brush my teeth right-handed. Eat food left-handed. You eat left-handed. That's that is true. <laughs> it's weird. Kick left-handed, bat righty. You know, I was better better batting lefty than I was righty, and I was not. It happens a lot, actually. That that actually happens a lot. Like for me to like naturally shoot like a a rifle, it left. I'm left-handed shooting. Yeah. Yeah, I think it has something to do with your vision, like your dominant eye, maybe. Although when I was in the uh, good old academy, I qualified left-handed and right-handed. But I was better lefty. I felt more comfortable left-handed. You were like a switch hitter. Yeah, man. Not swift hitter. Oh. Shout out Swift. Maybe maybe he can come back in 2022. Maybe still, make a return. Still banned. That's he's he's on he's approaching sniper level ban status. Like it's been a good couple months. I, you know, I didn't even have the heart to, to taunt him after the Knicks the Hawks game the other day because the Hawks were missing so many guys. So <laughs> yeah, no, no Trey Young. It's a moot point. But Kemba had a triple double, so they they kind of should be clowned for that alone. 
Yeah, though they had to work at it to get him the last three rounds. Oh, it wasn't a stellar triple double, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. Uh, it was. He limped over that line. Yeah. Wins a win. True. Something the Lakers aren't going to have very much. I have to say that that I'm kind of happy that I was wrong about the Lakers. And I know injuries have, have, have played a, a part, but I thought that they would get their their game together. But they stink. LeBron's getting old. I don't think. Yeah, it is. Davis, Davis can't 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 stay healthy. The guy can't stay healthy. Fragile. Russell Westbrook is just Russell Westbrook. But the fact of the matter is, he gets a lot of the blame. But the the truth is that everyone else on that team stinks. Right. They got no 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 supporting cast like at all. And he hasn't been good either. No, he hasn't. But he, that's not the team. That's not the type of team that he does well with. He needs to be around shooters. And they have no shooters. Like, what's the point of starting Wayne Ellington and have, getting him four shots? He can't do anything else. If he's going to be on the floor, let him shoot. Otherwise, why is he on the floor? Makes no sense. But uh, they just you just can't win that way. And LeBron's not 32 years or 29 years old anymore. He's 37 years old. He can't play 39, 40 minutes a game and just dominate because he's, you know, he just can't do it. Right. He's finally looking kind of human. You know, he just can't do it. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, he's defied the laws of, of aging this far, but. The rest of the team is just, just, just not up to it. They're just not. I mean, Anthony Davis really hasn't been that great. Oh, he can't stay healthy. Can't stay on the floor. Health uh, availability is a skill. It's a skill. At the end of the day, it's one of the skills that matters. And if you're sitting on the bench, then you're not playing. And if you can't, you spend a too large of a percentage of your the time on the bench not playing, then Everything else that you do great is downgraded because you you're not there to do it. Like I, and they get you know. Anthony Davis's flight line. That's the moral of that story. He kind of is. He kind of is. Without the brown. Oh, maybe he is. X Files. But that that everyone keeps. Assuming that that team is going to make, they're not that good. They don't have the pieces, and they box themselves in with this. And they won a championship. They had they won, which is amazing to think they about. won the ring in the bubble. But the bubble was way different than everything else. Yeah, that wasn't normal. And they were they were a team that fit that kind of mode. And then they won it fair and square. I'm not saying anything like that didn't. But last year, you know, Davis got hurt again. LeBron had been hurt, and everybody else stunk. I don't care what Geno says. KCP. Kuzma and KCP were garbage. Terrible. Awful. Awful. And and Phoenix is good. I mean, it's not like Phoenix was a fluke. Phoenix is showing that they're, they're an exceptionally good team. They're one of the top two or three, four teams in the league. But the Lakers are old. And one thing about about basketball is those old eggs, they catch up to you. Oh yeah, they, they catch up to you, and it's a long, long season. 
him. And yeah, I, I just uh, I, I don't you know they don't have very much maneuverability to to get more players. Um, you know, would have fit their team perfectly was Patty Mills. Yeah, and he went to Brooklyn where he's done great. Yep, and you know he fit them well too. I mean, he's he he would fit any kind of veteran team that needed scoring punch off the the bench. Um, but that was a big loss. So I'm sorry, the Lakers are in trouble. Yeah, clearly. And and they have the, the tougher part of their schedule. That was the other thing that was really kind of. Uh, I thought earlier in the year that they had a pretty soft early schedule with a lot of home games that at some point they would just rattle off five or six wins in a row just because they're playing teams that aren't that good. Exactly. That's what I thought too, but and it never happened. It counts for the the injury situation and the bum on the bench situation. They don't, they don't really have any depth. Andre Jordan, Andre Jordan, literally the guy lives in a crypt. Died like four years ago. Maybe they can bring back uh, Gilbert. He did zero. He'd or... liven things up, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, bring guns in the locker room. <laughs> that's what they need. Gunfight in the locker room. <laughs> they need someone to come in there and shoot Rondo, put him out of his misery. Can't believe he's still in the league. So he went. He went at the health and safety protocols. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, they miss Caruso, believe it or not. They really do. Absolutely do. Caruso's one of those guys. He's an energy guy. He's a defensive force. And he just... He had a great he's role. Never, he's never going to score 18, 20 points a game. But, but he will at times. He he has his... um, You know, he's a streaky offensive player, but he's just everywhere, right? And he's just kind of that annoying guy that you hated to play against. Yeah, it was always in your grill. They could, you know, and he can jump too. I mean, it's, he's an athletic guy. He's not like, uh, you know, he's not like a typical white guy. He, he's, <laughs> he's, uh, you know, he's just the best. And, and, and they, they miss that. They do miss that. But, um, I'm sure all our horse racing people are loving the fact that we just spent the last 30 minutes talking about COVID and the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> I'm not going to bore talk anyone about with, the Dolphins. I'm not going to bore anyone with the talk of how my fantasy team is just like totally. Dude, I went three and zero, and they haven't won a game since. I'm just we're just totally in the tank. Joe Harris, your weak ass ankles. I mean, his name is Joe Harris. Of course, he has weak ankles. The only guy in the league doesn't have COVID, except he's got two busted ankles. Yeah, I'm bitter about that, but uh... <sighs> but life goes on, and uh, like I said, we're in the uh, we're in the handicapping contest. Now we got to win it. I'm gonna give it my all, bro. We're going to get this. One of us, right? No. Probably not. <laughs> Odds are if, 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 one of, if, if one of you or I win it, 98% of the fans are voting for you, not for me. But <laughs> I did have some bombs in the Triple Crown Trail last year, though. 
Yeah, you had the bomb. That was that was the winner. I had a couple bombs. I had helium when you actually won a race last you time. Did you probably the last time he ever is going. And win. I didn't listen to you. Fifteen to one. I didn't listen to you. I think I bet Nova Rags, who finished second or third. He did his usual. His usual, yes. He's right. kind of fallen off the face of the earth. Where's he at? I haven't seen him in a long time. Uh, chilling. He's probably down here somewhere. That's been real. It has. Wrapping it up 2021. We'll be back next week, next year. I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about, but I'm sure something screwed up will happen and we'll be able to talk about that. <laughs> I hope not. I mean, Flightline helped us out this week. By next week, Ray Lou Gutierrez might have lost the race. I just need him to keep doing what he's doing and nobody bet him, just like they have been. Joe Santos can never shave the mustache. No, I'd be disappointed. I would probably wouldn't even recognize him without it now. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, I'm tired. And, uh... I'll talk to... Uh, talk to everyone well, actually, we'll just talk at you next week. Yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you on the other side. Huh? Take calls. We kind of, it'll be a little difficult. Oh, that would be sweet. Maybe we need to explore that option and do a call-in session. Like, I need a producer. That's what I really actually knows how to what he's doing. It took me forty-five minutes to figure out how to get the iPod hooked up today because. <laughs> I pushed the wrong button and your producer out there and you want to hook us up, let us know. <sighs> at least or at least give me some give, give me some advice in between right. you giggling at my ineptitude of uh, <laughs> or love your own. Because kids who are twelve can like run the Maybe I should ask Breezy. She might know. And, and, like, and you know, you know, the best is is when the kids give you that look of disdain. You know, like, like whoa, what a like, sucker you are! How do you not just, know this? You know, you just push this, this, and that. You go to this, like, who doesn't oh, know trust. this? Like, <laughs> she does it all the time to me. Anyways, we'll be a professional outfit at some point. We'll even get microphones. One, two, check. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Stay good and uh, don't crazy for New Year's. Yeah, like fall asleep. Fall. At... <laughs> don't let him drop the ball in your head on New Year's. Keep. Oof. Yeah, we got that. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Happy New Year.